Well, good morning out there in Radio Land. This is November the 28th, 2023, and what a day the Lord has made. What a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. This is the only November 28th, 2023 that you will ever have. And so let's spend it to his glory, for his glory, for his name to be magnified in all the earth. Because whatever you're going through today, as we lift him up, he will draw all men um, unto him. Amen. Well, right. Pastor Josh, how you doing on this beautiful Tuesday morning? Man, I'm doing pretty wonderful. It's I mean, a little chilly. Know, it's a little chilly, but I mean, I'm glad I'm in here for right now anyway. Yep. So. You'd rather be here than any hospital in this United States, right? <laughs> kid, yeah. If you put it like yep. that, that's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I remember when we was at Coe's Air. Now, I'm, I must admit, like the, the, the whole situation for a 23-year-old kid was really scary at, yeah. when I, up there, but I did really have... A lot of fun having McDonald's in the hospital with me. <laughs> and it was the season of the, oh, what is that one shake at McDonald's that's only there for Shamrock, a, shamrock Shake? I love hey, them. I don't like that, oh. but now, Rachel, she really does like the Shamrock Shake. But now me, myself, I do not. So Well, it was the season of that. So Of course, going to Louisville used to be the thing for me. That's where I worked at for 27 yeah. years. And then, I mean, it was nothing to me. But last time we went to Louisville, man, we had an experience of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, Miss Hannah, how are you doing? I'm doing good this morning. It's, it's a beautiful morning. Guess what she told me? What she said? She stole (laughs) Ethan's jacket. You stole. Was she repented? Hey, so I'm telling you, I hope Ethan ain't freezing to death this morning because it's a furry jacket. It looks pretty warm. I I mean, you know. I'm thinking about texting him and saying you can come get it on your way to work. (laughs) At least she repented. There you go. At least she told somebody. Josh, do we need to take up an offering for him a jacket since she stole his? (laughs) That's right. That's right. So the uh, Ethan Jacket Fund. Yes. Call it right. If any listeners like to give to the Ethan Jacket Fund. You can call 555-555-555. No, it's a good day. It's a good. It is chilly. It's going to be chilly. Um, the weather for today is only going to be a high of 36 and a low of 21. Partly cloudy, chilly, but a beautiful day out there. Yep. Um, I guess it's that time of the year. That's right. We know. We always know it's coming, but it's something we always talk about. It's the weather and yeah. how it's changing and just that. Uh, Yep, we know it's coming. Everybody tells, says they like fall, but I've heard a few older ones say, well, I just know what comes after fall, and that's what that's I don't true. like. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still in the camp that I like. I will take cold over hot, like extreme hot, because you only can take so many clothes off, but yeah. you can keep putting them on. Well, I, I thought that, too, for a couple of years until <laughs> I started working out in it. Well, that's thought, well. I think I'd rather have it hot than, uh, than, because I remember Brother Billy, of course, I worked with him for years or whatever. He would always look at us during the wintertime. He said, if anybody says they like this, I I think they're lying to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because it it was so cold. I mean, you work in water and you, it don't matter what kind of gloves you have or nothing. I mean, you just, sure. I mean, I remember, uh. One winter, I even worked out. I worked a night shift for a while, doing waterline work. And it's like every time that I, I mean, it's like uh, the wind chill was like zero and like ten, twelve degrees or whatever. And I mean, and you work in water. I mean, where's it gonna go when you unhook it? It's gonna go on you. So yeah. I mean, I remember my hoodie would be like icicles off of it and everything. But anyway, I'm th- you know look back on those times and know that uh, 
you can do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway. Well, we are praying this morning for um, all of our kiddos heading back to school um, for here at Bethel Christian Academy after Thanksgiving. Of course, public school went yesterday back to school after Thanksgiving break and praying for them. And we're going to be praying for the broadcast this morning. So, uh, Josh, won't you lead us in a prayer yes, this morning? I'd love to. Lord, we come to you right now. We just thank you, Lord, for another amazing day. Give us, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to um, come by way of radio into people's homes and lives mm-hmm. and cars and vehicles, wherever they may be. Lord, whatever they're going to do this morning, Lord, I pray for the children as they go to school. I pray an allergy for the parents as maybe they go to the workplace or grandparents as they go home or whatever they have going on today. I pray right now, allergy that your peace that passes all understanding will be upon them in every situation, Lord. Lord, maybe somebody's uh, mm-hmm. going through, have some kind of pain or some kind of circumstance in their life or some kind of disease they're fighting right now, Lord God. But I pray right now, Lord God, if they don't have you in their life, Lord, that Lord Jesus, that you would just turn to you in this great day that we're living in. We thank you, Lord God, for this day that we get, Lord Jesus, to be able to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, got a lot of exciting announcements. If you want to listen live in the Box 2 Radio Network, you can listen live at 91.5 Litchfield-Hardensburg, 98.3 Owensboro, Kentucky, or 91.1 Highsville, Glasgow. You can also download our Radio Listen app via Tithely Church app, which is found on your app store, whether that be Google, Apple, Android, whatever it is, you can find the Tithely Church app. Then once you download the Tithely Church app, search Box 2 Network, and there we will be. Press change. You won't have to do that again. You'll have that app on your phone, and you can listen live. You can listen to the podcast. Uh, you got a Bible on there. you got a prayer wall on there. And so it's a great app available for the kingdom of God and the body of Christ to continue to build and to edify each other. Or you can listen live on the Box 2 Radio website. That's the box number 2 radiocom You can also engage or interact with the broadcast today by texting me at 270-230-6337. Again, that's 270-230-6337. You got a Bible question you want to throw in there, a comment you want to insert, a favorite food you want to tell us about you just ate, whatever it looks like, we want your interaction. We love engagement. Um, It makes the morning go so much better and so much more productive whenever um, the family engages together, just like you sit around a Thanksgiving dinner talking back and forth. We want it to be that kind of conversational atmosphere. Got a lot of good announcements coming up here. We're going to start from the farthest away and work ourselves to the closest. Uh, Pleasant View Baptist Church, which several of us were excited about the possibility you may be trying to attend there, presents a Christmas cantata, Cherish That Name, Friday, December the 15th at 7 o'clock p.m. They're a very talented, anointed group of singers and musicians over there. And uh, again, their youth did did the National Day of Prayer in Hardsburg in May, and it was just phenomenal. Like They just knocked it out of the ballpark. And I don't know who their little violinist was, but she was so good. That's awesome. And so very excited about that. I, I really think that me and Heather, um, I'm gonna, she doesn't know that yet. I, I forgot to talk <laughs> to her about it last night. But um, I really like to take the family and go because I'm sure it's going to be an awesome. Miss Gretchen went last year, and she said it was awesome. Wow. And so um, if you want to put that on your calendar, then, of course, here at Bethel Fellowship, uh, our Christmas play, the nativity scene is going to be December 13th at 6 o'clock p.m. with refreshments to follow. And um, 
you know, I will be singing Santa Claus Coming to Town. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. <laughs> oh, man. Rudolph the Is Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Frosty the Snowman. As you're eating your refreshments, <laughs> drinking your yeah. refreshments, you're going to be able to hear this special <laughs> performance from Yeah, I'm going to get the piano in there going. And <laughs> and so it's going to be good. It's going to be good. No, our little kids are working hard on it. Um, Heather, Hannah, Sia, Brianna and a couple of others have really pitched in and rolled up their sleeve and getting this done. And so those kids are practicing a lot of solos. Like there's a lot of people, move, a lot of kids going to be singing solos. And um, yeah. again, it's going to be the nativity scene. So it's really cute. It's going to awesome. be exciting. Something about somebody's going to um, paraglide down from the, the balcony and <laughs> we're going to um, put ra- live animals. Yeah. We're going to have real horses and camels yeah. and elephants in there. Uh, it's going to be amazing. We're throwing an elephant in this nativity scene because if we're going to do animals, we might as well do it right. Uh, and so, oh, <laughs> no, I just that would be awesome, a little bit. <laughs> have you all ever been to the miracle? Or it was a, in, in, in Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. I never went way. Yes. You went to we it. We did. Too. It was awesome. Yep, it was sure yeah. was. And yeah. it had all the live animals yeah. and the people flying from the. Well, yeah. just ceiling. they're going to hold nothing compared to our nativity scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Uh, speaking of Louisville, whatever, coming back from Louisville around the winter time and uh, Christmas season or whatever, down there around West Point, they always have a live nativity every year. Mm. And I mean, it's I love live nativity. It's something pretty big. Yeah. that area because I know when that's going on. I mean, they have like flashing signs, you know, and I mean, mm-hmm. it's always lined up and right through there, it's major traffic. So, so that's why we need right. a flashing sign. Well, they have. Well, we've got that. a flashing sign. We just can't change the words on it. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yeah. All right. That's right. Um, also, Clarkson Community, December 9th, uh, beginning at 6 o'clock through 8 o'clock p.m. Chili supper, no emission required. This is what's going to call their wax. Walk through the Bible Wax Museum, and so they're going to have different scenes set up. And um, I, people, um, I guess you're saying playing as wax figures from a scene. I don't know how they're standing still that long. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, that's going to be an awesome time too, though, for the community. So again, chili supper going on. A walk through the Bible Wax Museum. That's December 9th with Clarkson Community. And then the CASA, which we interviewed about yesterday, Candy Cane 5K run, December the 3rd, this Saturday morning, starting at 7.30 a.m. 7.30 a.m. again this Saturday. You can find more information on Facebook. Just look up CASA 2023 Candy Cane run, 5K run, Litchfield, Kentucky at the city park there. Weather again for today is high of 36 and a low of 21, partly cloudy, beautiful, but chilly. Today's important day, um, Todd Mingus from here. Um, he's from Bethel Fellowship. He's a tremendous man of God. Also the host of Hope for Today, um, found on Thursday evenings at 8.30 p.m. He starts his trip. He So he gets dropped off at the airport this afternoon evening where he will then advance to Louisville Airport tomorrow real early to get on his flight for Honduras. Wow. And so he'll be gone for almost two weeks. And um, it's just amazing what God has done in and through him and yeah. used him to do down there. And um, what started out as just a church or two and a few kids um, has turned into 15, 14 churches, 1,000-plus kids. This year he's going to be going to the jungle to train and help other pastors in the jungle, which I don't think he's been there yet. And um, then he'll be going down to the VBS, and they'll be doing the twists and turns, the same one that we've done here 
in the summer. They'll be doing that one down there in the Spanish wow. version, which is cool. Um, and so that's just really exciting. We're prayerful for all the kids that are going to be impacted. And so um, we're a praying group around here. We want to be a praying group. So if y'all okay, I want to pray for him as he goes today and starts his journey. Amen. So, Father, we thank you yes, so much Lord. for Brother Todd Mingus, and we thank, thank you, you for the broadcast, God. We thank you for every child that's about to be impacted and changed for the glory of your name, Lord. Let salvation take root. Let the transformation be real and sustainable, Father God. We ask you for traveling mercy, Lord. We ask you, Father, you're anointing him afresh this morning. And, God, that he is going to be used mightily in the jungle, in the city, on the plane, in the restaurant, wherever he's at, God. Anoint him and use him for such a day as this. And we thank you for safety and protection. We thank you for no sickness. We thank you for no travel hiccups and we just give you the praise honor and glory for a great productive trip for the kingdom and we thank you for it in jesus mighty name amen, amen. and amen amen all righty somebody want to read that verse of the day for us so they don't have to keep hearing my lame voice <laughs> go for it hannah <laughs> okay i'll read it um what is this verse Oh, Galatians, um, Galatians 1-3, I forgot to put Galatians 1-3, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Mm. I love that one. Who gave himself for our sins. That's right. That he might deliver us from this present evil world. Hallelujah. Amen. Quote of the day is a quote by A.W. Tozer. 100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organizations do not constitute a church any more than 11 dead men make a football team. The first prerequisite is life. Always. Wow. wow. How you That's like that? Awesome. That's I like good. it. I love Tozer. I love Tozer. <laughs> Puts it pretty blunt and plain. It's what we need, right? You put 100 people together that's religious, doesn't make them a church. More than 11 football dead guys make a football team. Amen? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Why? Because Christ came to give us life Amen. and life, Amen. More, life abundantly. more abundantly. That's good. And then I love our guest this morning is going to be Brother George Witten from Worthy News. You can find more about Worthy News on Facebook or his website, worthynews.com. And um, just he, I, I love Worthy News a lot. It gives a lot of insight and um, stories that few won't, few will cover. And he's always been a um, beacon of truth and light surrounding Israel for sure. But also, as much as he can get his hands on. He always tells the truth, and I love that about him. And yeah, he. I, this is the thing I love about Brother George is he he really does do it not from a left or right angle either. Like I mean, you definitely know where he stands, right? But he just gives you the facts. Like he don't insert a lot of his opinion into his news articles. Yeah. It's just kind of this is what's happening. Pop, pop, pop. And I, I really do love that because yeah. it's it's not so much opinionated as it is just just the truth and the facts and what's going on out there. So he's going to come on at eight thirty this morning and talk a little bit about the Israeli Hamas situation still going on and the news cycle's kind of left it a little bit. So we're not hearing as much about it for sure. Right. I know that we've had some ceasefires and then some hostage situations done, but then some of them are still to be done yet. Um, so I'm just really curious, like I sent him a text yesterday and just said, you know, I feel like we're not getting all of the news. I feel like we're not getting all the truth. Yeah. And he has a lot of very pivotal contacts around Israel and surrounding Israel. So, um, of course his wife is from Israel. He, he has a home in Israel. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so he, he's going to come on this morning and update, update us on all things pertaining to Israel and Hamas and prophetically where we're at with this too. Cause he has a lot of insight into that. And yeah. 
And so very excited for that at 8.30 p.m. I mean, a.m. Sorry, 8.30 a.m. <laughs> this morning. All right. Well, we got all the way to Hebrews yesterday. Man, oh, man. Hebrews. <laughs> and we're going to do some Hebrews 7 this morning and talking about, Josh, how do you say it? Melchizedek Melchiz- or Melchizedek? Melchizedek is what I say. I know. Why that's, do you say the other one? Well, you know, no, I say El- Melchizedek too. Have you been listening to Brother Bob Martin a little bit? Well, he, he says Melchizedek. Does he? Or No, no, he doesn't. He says a different word, don't he? Melchizedek, well, I don't know. I mean, I know there's some words that we say one way. I mean, I've heard Brother Bob say it a few different ways than what I've said, but I mean, I understand what he was talking about. It ain't like it was... But the question is, is he right and we're wrong, or are we right and is he wrong? Uh, hey, uh, to each his own, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> we probably we probably think that we are. But I'm is sure it is right. it fair to say that we're probably the one wrong? Maybe so. <laughs> I, I cannot though, deny I've that. I've never heard anybody else say it that way. Yeah. Well, it's like when you go to New York. Or yeah. you go to New Jersey or anywhere like that, and we're talking to them. We say pen. They say pen. Yeah. We say Coke. They say soda. Pop. Yeah. Hey, let's just see how Jonathan Kahn says it, and then we'll know. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll ask George. There, yeah. yeah. See we'll ask said. George what go. he says. That's awesome. And is George, first question on the table. <laughs> Very important one. Melchizedek <laughs> or Melchizedek? Because, <laughs> you know, I can see both. Like, I really can because it's M-E-L-C-H. So, yep. Mel, Chez. Yep. I mean, like, really, I could see Chez. It's almost like Chaz. Remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chaz. I remember that was the, you say Chaz, but I don't know what uh, maybe you think about, but I think about that's what concrete company we used. My very first construction in Louisville, that was the concrete company, Chaz. So, I mean, that's who we I used. was thinking about the internal sovereign city they try to build within seattle <laughs> yeah i got you remember that See, yep i i didn't until you just said it but yeah. i remember that so that was yeah. uh that was adventurous in 2020 wasn't it wow <laughs> ain't no way and the problem is it lasted a while like yeah i mean goodness crazy all right anyways anyways can't get back into 2020 we have left those days to the glory of god amen. uh amen, amen. That's right. All right. Well, we're in uh, Hebrews chapter 7, and let me get over there in my handy-dandy notebook. Um, I had it, and then I lost it. Hebrews chapter 7. Ding, ding. Somebody's laundry's done. (laughs) It's Josh's laundry. It's done. My bad. (laughs) It's Josh's laundry. (laughs) You know, I was at my sister's house for Thanksgiving. And then some music was playing, and I was—we was all trying to figure out where the music's playing from. I'm thinking it's a ringtone or something. It was her stove. Like I, I've heard dryers make music, but I've never heard a stove make music yeah. before. Well, I'll have to let you. I'll have to during the break. I'll have to let you hear it. But Rachel says we are both wrong, and she gave me how to say it. So later on, I'll let you. hear Nope, it. I refuse to hear it. It's Mel Kessel. Oh, so like both of those. She says she are says wrong. that we're both wrong, and uh, she gave me a. Hey, pronunciation. Why don't you just tell her to come on down? <laughs> yeah, the way she can tell it. To yeah, us, we right? could. She could tell us to a live. I got one, two, two seats open. It was a little cold this morning. I don't know if I could get her out this morning. Because so. <laughs> she's got to tell us about this drummer boy tree, anyways. I found. That's right. Later on, a few weeks. That's right. Yeah, so. I, I got to drop uh, something off to Joshua's house about a week or so ago. And their house is beautiful inside. I mean, just beautiful. Y'all have done such a good job with that house. 
and it's beautiful inside. And he showed me the drummer boy tree in person, and it was kind of like a it's like one of those anointing moments and just the sky part and it was really pretty but you know there was a tree in every room and so you were kind of looking at all of them like man these are these are beautiful yeah but that one there that she done this year it does have special meaning about it so i was really proud of her on that one yeah well we're waiting for it one two (laughs) we still got a few weeks for her to come on before all right all right let's get into verse one of chapter seven of the book of hebrews for this Melchizedek, Melchizedek, or however Miss Rachel said we should say it, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days, nor end of days, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So this this Salem, now he is talking about being the king of righteousness and the king of peace and all this. And he's, of course, making this comparable statement to Christ. So I'm not trying to get hung up just on Melchizedek because they get, I think more than anything that what the author of Hebrews is trying to do here is draw the parallel. Yeah about Christ being our high priest. Okay. And so, but I do think it's important to know, again, we initiated the conversation about Melchizedek yesterday. Was he a Christophany or was he somebody in a shadow of Christ? That's the big question around Melchizedek. Cause honestly, we don't have a ton of information about him. We don't know who his mom was. We don't know who his dad was. We don't know where he came from. Really the extent of what we do know is that Abraham paid tithes to him. He blessed Abraham. Yeah. And he was alluded to as king of righteousness or the king of peace. Uh-huh. And so these are things we know for certain about him. Now, the topic or the debate, was he a Christophany or was he a shadow of the Christ to come? That's the probably the hottest topic about this. I do not think for an instant that he was just a figure. Like if, And what I mean by that is some people allude to Job just being a figurative person. That he really didn't exist. Job was just a story told to people to give them insight how to parallel. And so my thing, my side I'm probably on. Yeah. Like, I flip-flop a lot. I really don't know. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm The Christophany thing is uh, we understand we understand the, the arguments for that. Um, I know that Brother Wells... Brother Wells, brother Wells, um, you know he he says he was a king priest as Christ is. Yeah, I think for the longest time I was probably more he was a real guy that was the shadow of Christ to come. Right. Um, then I'm kind of like Jason was trying to trying to pull me over into the Christophany. Um, I feel like really I haven't made a good decision on that yet. Yeah. Like right. I feel like I was probably quick to to shoot my decision off too fast. Um, at the end of the day, I think this is the important thing. It, it's not so much about that, though. It's about the parallelism. Now, because yes. I do understand, as Brother Wells was saying, uh, he's saying, like, he favors, I think, the side of he was a real guy that was a shadow. He was a king priest. Because I think that's the significant thing to remember, that he was a king and he was a priest at the same time, which are two of the Old Testament prof- offices that, few didn't carry all three. So the, the three Old Testament prof offices that we had was prophet, king, and priest. Right. 
And he, this Melchizedek was at least two. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was at least two. Yep. And so I think it's very important to note there that, you know, I think this is what he's trying to exacerbate before our eyes, like trying to push home. He was king and a priest. Right. And he did bless Abraham. And Abraham did pay tithes to him. And the writer of Hebrews here is starting to draw this parallelism between Melchizedek and Christ. Yeah. Okay. So then back to, you know, keeping on this same topic, but verse 3 says, I think this is why others have a mindset of trying to um, trying to really figure out this Melchizedek is because in verse 3 it says, Without father and without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor the end of life. Now listen, when you talk about having no beginning and no end, I often think about when I see that, Hannah, I see where that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm just saying because of why, because he has no beginning, he has no end, because of why he is the beginning mm-hmm. and he is the end. Yeah, You know, just as spoken in, in Revelation, I'm Alpha, I'm Omega. He always I, has been, always will be. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, I mean, for instance, I do believe that there's places throughout the Old Testament where Jesus himself appeared unto people. Maybe not in the appearance of Jesus, but it might have been an angel. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, angel of the Lord when he fought, wrestled with Jacob, you know, and different things like that. You know, there was times where he made an appearance with people. But for whatever reason, understanding that the writer of Hebrews, like Brother Aaron was saying, how it's a parallel of trying to get you to realize what it's about here. It's yeah. about us knowing us the superior the superior one and his name most importantly is jesus so Amen. anyway but uh we can go on here verse four says now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch abraham gave the tenth of the spoils mm-hmm. verse five says and verily well hang on a minute the tenth of the spoils and we know when we talk about tenth our uh, mind talks about tithe, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, so for whatever reason, I believe that's something that has been instituted since the beginning to realize that. And see, but you hear other, I mean, I've seen videos before about why people say you shouldn't pay tithe or why you should pay tithe. But I mean, then again, but it's about, a, you know, do you have to pay tithe in order to be a Christian? But According to scripture and receiving the blessings that the Lord has for you in a way that will help you open up, you know, help you to be where you can be free or where you can be where you can give. See, I never mm-hmm. understood, uh, you know, I've I've understood about, you know, you how can I explain to people that when you give to the Lord, how it can bless you? Mm-hmm. See, oftentimes I can explain how it's happened for me. But see, until somebody actually does that and sees it for themselves, more likely, Hannah, they got an option whether to believe me if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. But if you've actually done it, then you understand it. Yeah, it kind of takes just stepping out in faith and trying it. That's right. That's right. And like for people that, that I know in my own life that were against tithing, whenever they did that, when they took a step of faith, God proved himself. God showed himself and confirmed the importance of it by, you know, returning a blessing for yep. them. Not that our motivation needs to be 
getting a blessing. Yeah. You know, but the Lord, I think, kind of showed like, hey, I'm alive. I'm active. I see what you're doing and right. and I'm going to show you that I see what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's why the Lord will bless too, just to yeah. show, build our faith and, and to remind us, keep, keep giving because what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. That's right. Just like a marriage. And exactly. But I do want to go back to the end. I don't know if King James version has this part of verse three. Does okay. King, does King James version have, but, but made like the son of God remains a priest Continually. continually it says instead of remain it says abideth abide abideth, abideth. which means we know that i'm i'm big on the ending of words so i mean abideth means it's always like you say continually there it's always yeah. there so so that's the part I'm like huh well this it's saying made like the son of god but then again we might go back to the original um the greek i guess this would be greek um and look at that so i don't know yeah, but I mean, like we, I mean, when we take on, when we take on the uh, Jesus, okay, when he convicts us and when he draws us to him and we, uh, you know, we become a child of his, mm-hmm. we take on his identity. We take on his identity. So therefore, I understand that it says, it says, abideth a priest continually, though. So we know that abideth, you know, or continually. You know, it's a continuation of what started in you, of what's going to continue on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so. But, uh, anyway, so, Brother Aaron, we was talking about uh, the spools mm-hmm. in verse 4. Do you think that's necessarily talking about material things, or do you think it's talking about uh, just, uh, you know, some kind of um, monies or something like that in that spools part? No, I think it was the spools taken from war because it was re- – when a- who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Yep. So I think it was from the spoils of war. Um, I was getting caught up on a couple of texts. I had to go do something real fast. And um, <clears throat> but he, Brother Wells was saying Christ is all three, which is significant for the office because he did operate as a prophet, priest, and king. And yeah. um, Christ had a mother and father, which is significant. Which Again, this is like as. This is similar to. And that's the parallelism that he's a shadow. Um, you know, these are good arguments. I, I'm I'm thinking more on this milk as it. I've been thinking about it for a while. Like, this has been in my head for yeah. not all the time, but I've come back into it from back and forth a little bit. Right. Um, Jesus has always been, but he did not always have a mother. The similarity in the, is in the office of king priest, but it is only similar. The Greek says like unto. Like unto. <clears throat> um, now, I do think there's some really good stuff, though. So I'm not trying to backtrack, but I don't want to miss this. No, no that's fine. Um, being translated king of righteousness, which is a term and a title that we have seen used for Christ. Um, king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of days, but made like the Son of God. Or So I, I do think, or like as unto depending on what translation you're reading, remains a priest continually. So I think there's a lot of things there. Um, of course, we're running out of time for this section, but um, there's a lot of meat there, a lot of things going on with the parallelism. Now, I was in a chat with somebody yesterday, and I, they they asked a really good question. If you could ask the Lord for anything, like for one thing, and without a doubt it would be given to you, 
what would it be? And their answer was good. But, and I love their answer, but, you know, everybody's answer would be different. And so I was sitting there thinking, and, you know, it really wasn't even a thought for me. You know what's coming to my head? Complete peace. Like, if I could ask the Lord about anything, it would just be complete peace. Yeah. Because if you have complete peace, then it's just shalom. Let all things in your life be at peace. Let your marriage be at peace. Let your kids be at peace. Let your finances be at peace. Yeah. Let peace reign supreme in all things. And that's one of the greatest things that Christ came to give. And I love how here he calls them what he says, the king of peace. Mm. Amen. And he's trying to parallel that. So I got you. Um, how fitting that it all worked together right there. And the Lord does it all time in Hebrews. Uh, <laughs> he keeps bringing us back. And so, well, let's get our first trivia question for this day. Remember, we're in the two-week draw, two-week and three-day period for the two-adult two arc, three-kid arc, and parking. So it's a good, it's a good prize. It's a good prize. Tuesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. How was Joseph told of the miraculous conception of Jesus? How was Joseph told of the miraculous conception of Jesus? 270-257-2689 or 270-257-0726. We'll be right back here after the break. Enjoy David Phelps singing, O Holy Night. All righty, we are back here on this beautiful, beautiful November 28th, 2023. This is the day that the Lord has made, and this is a day that anything is possible. Amen. Don't forget this Saturday, if you want to go help and support CASA, the Candy Cane 5K run this Saturday morning starting at 7.30 a.m. For more information or registering information, you can go to Facebook, and they have an event page there. 2023 Candy Cane 5K run here at Litchfield, Kentucky. Amen. And so that's more information you can find on Facebook there. Well, we have an answer for our first trivia question of the morning, and we sure do love our listeners, and we're thankful for all of you that give us your ear every two hours, um, every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time here on the Box 2 Radio Network. How was Joseph told of the miraculous conception of Jesus? The answer is an angel appeared to him in a dream, Matthew 1, 18 through 21, and Miss Mary Royalty got it correct. Amen? Good job, Sister Mary. And so Miss Mary's name is in there for the trivia. And just, um, I we do love our listeners. It's always good yeah. to hear the names and I love her last name, Royalty. It's just, it's just cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you? Uh, of course, that's Brother Phil's sister. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It is. I didn't know if uh, I know you probably. Yeah. Did, but I didn't no, know if Anna made that uh, connection there or not. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah. And also, Brother Aaron, we was talking about a few more announcements or whatever. But, sure. Uh, Tonight, the boys have a ball game. They do, a way game. They go to Louisville. They go so, to Louisville. Anyway, it'll be at 5 o'clock. But this Thursday, they got a home game. Is that they correct? Do. They and do. It'll be at, uh, starts at 5.30 this Thursday. So, anybody like to come out? Of course, I told my dad, I said, Lord, I'm not going to be able to come to the game for a few weeks because the next two home games, I think, are on Thursday. Oh. Well, Thursday night's our uh, midweek service. So, yep. Anyway. Yeah. That's all right, though. Well, you can pray for us. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. So. Pray pray for us to win. <laughs> All right. Um, no, it, we're going to do our Josh's Man on Tuesday leftover from Monday. Um, but I don't like to use the word leftover. I need to find a better word. That's all right. Because he's not giving us leftovers. It's fresh bread. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's fresh for us. That's right. That's right. But no, it's uh, 
hopefully fresh for everybody. It's fresh for me when I do it. It really does. So, I mean, you know, sometimes uh, you think uh, you're repetitive sometimes, I guess you can say. But then again, at the end of the day, I'm thankful that I'm able to uh, to put it out there and for the response of people that uh, that tell me, even when I see them sometimes, they say, hey, I, I enjoy I enjoy that. So, I said, you know, they say it ain't very long. It's just short enough for I can Read it real quick and go on. So, Do you know, can know. I tell you a story real fast? Yes, you you, you talking about seeing you out. Yeah. Um, we had to go to the dentist and take one of our kiddos to the dentist yesterday, and he goes to um, one in E-Town. So we have to go to E-Town. Yeah. Well, um, we have a Sam's card. So if you don't know this or not, Sam's is the cheapest place you could ever eat in your life. You can get a piece of pizza that's like literally two or three slices together. It's like a quarter of a pizza. And it's like you get a slice of pizza and a 30-ounce soft drink with free refills because you can just keep going back for $2.18 or something like that. No it's like $2.50 maybe. Wow. And the pizza's really good. I, I can only eat one piece. That's how big the piece really? is. Really? You can get like 12-inch charros for like a dollar. You can get you can get Sundays for a dollar. You can get hot dogs. Pretzels. They do have soft pretzels there about a dollar. And the cinnamon sugar one. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then they've got what's called <laughs> a pizza pretzel. Now. Like you, it really is my yeah. whole – now. Me and four kids ate for fourteen dollars last night. Wow! So we stopped there. Like we stopped there instead of going to McDonald's or something now. Because yeah. and then of course you can get gas after because gas is so cheap at Sam's as well. It's only two sixty eight, two sixty seven at Sam's. So we made that trip. Well, while we was in there, we saw AK and AK Dixon's on with God School on Tuesdays yes. at five. And he said that somebody walked into Sam's the other day and said. He 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 signs on every every broadcast. But this is your radio apostle, A.K. Dixon. And so a guy walks into Sam's and says, "Hey, radio apostle." No way. Uh, he did. A.K. Wow. was telling me that last night at the bar because <laughs> A.K. He's a, he was at Sam's and I saw him. Yeah. He was talking to me and he said, "Look what happened." And so it was. It, it's encouraging. That's awesome. Somebody, I, I've never met him. Of course, I would know him if I heard his voice because yeah. I hear him on the radio. Yeah. But I've never really met him. I'll be honest. With well, he's you. on top. <laughs> he's on top. So, so he says all the time. I'm on top and I'm not coming down. <laughs> That's pretty good. They start a church in Etown. Um, oh, right. They have a new church opening up, not this Sunday, but next. Okay. So we're going to be praying for him and believe in God for great things. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, sounds great. So the manna on Monday this week was from Titus 2.11. It said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Sometimes what you see or the appearance is not always what you get. Jesus said his grace is sufficient in another scripture, but just because his grace is sufficient, and he has appeared unto all men, it doesn't mean he is living in all men. When someone or something appears unto you, you have a choice of if you want to stay in the presence of whatever it is or decide to move away from it. With the appearance of salvation comes understanding that this is a lifestyle of complete surrender and holiness unto the Lord. Why have we tried to make the grace of God different than what it is? I but still believe God's grace that is sufficient for me to have, but is also powerful enough for to keep me in the abundance of his supernatural anointing and walking in holiness on a daily basis. Here's a question. Has the appearance of salvation appeared unto you? How did you respond to that? So many people have a mindset that the appearance will always be there. But does your response reflect? Be strong, stay strong. And we strong, you know, and I say this often time, brother, Aaron, 
like Sunday morning, we had a pretty powerful service and had some visitors. And, you know, you just you wonder sometimes when you see somebody for the first time, you know, uh, what, what they're dealing with or what they're going through or what brought them to there. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You think, what has brought them to there? And, you know, we even had a few people in the last month or so that are there every Sunday. And before a month ago, I don't guess I'd ever seen them. Mm-hmm. But they're there every Sunday now. And, I mean, so what got you to this point? Is it something that, you know, I understand it looks like that, you know, they're growing. It looks like they've had a relationship with the Lord. But then again, you see people out here that, it seems as if the salvation has appeared to them, but the response don't reflect the appearance of actually what was given unto them. Mm-hmm. See, so I'm always under the understanding about, you know, it being a free gift, about how we must continue in it. We must abide in it, abide in him on a daily basis. But see, I think for so many times, <clears throat> myself included, to be honest with you, I mean, I just tell people, I try to tell people like it is in my own life. But growing up in church and growing up knowing about it, knowing how to more or less and respond, you know, then I got to a point of, where, whoa, but when did it appear to me? Mm-hmm. When did that really experience happen with me? Because I think I, after it's all said and done, if we think about this for a moment, that the appearance of when salvation come to us is the time that we actually responded to it. All right. So think back now to where we responded to the appearance of the gift given to us called salvation. And so I'm just I'm just always, you know, making sure that people are, you know, they're staying strong and they're being prepared and they're ready to meet the Lord whenever that is. Even Sunday morning, I, you know, I have the children back in the back, the teenagers and some of the young ones or whatever. But I mean, I looked at them and I said, listen, if you're. If you're uh, people at school that you're around, friends, classmates, whatever, if they don't know you're a Christian, I said, you ain't got to talk to them all the time. But if they don't know something's different about you and you're a Christian, then more than likely I said, you're not. I said, have you had the appearance? And probably this is why I kind of hit this again Monday morning because I said, has the, has the gift of God's salvation appeared unto you? And if it has, when did it do it? I said, can you tell me about the test, about your testimony about the Lord coming in your life? I said, I got two singers in here. I said, so tell me about the appearance of salvation in your life. Has it appeared to you? Do you have the get? You know, it's just like, you know, you try to get responses out of people, but sometimes you just you just don't. I mean, so, but I'm just, you know, I'm, that's I think all of our all of our uh, duty as a child of God is to continue in the abundance of his love, his mercy, and his grace so that we can show people, listen, this ain't about a just a one this ain't a just about a one day thing. This is about a continuation of what is to come in your life. Yeah. Amen. It's good stuff. I like that verse a lot and I like your your exegesis or explanation <laughs> or expounding upon it, right? Um and I love I do love how you said, um, let me go back up to it. I have it in front of me. Um, Jesus said his grace is sufficient in another scripture, Just, but just because his grace is sufficient and he has appeared to all men, it doesn't mean he is living in all men. Yeah. And I think that's important to note. You must be born, born again. again. Amen. You can never negate that. That's right. And there's a lot of people saying today that, well, 
I think what we get confused about when you're you're touching this kind of stuff is that all men are created to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, right? Yeah. All humanity. They're created to be. Doesn't yeah. automatically make them. That's right. And I think that's what a lot of inclusionists are believing right now. And a lot of your misinterpretation of grace is giving you is that Jesus died for all men, therefore all men are going to be saved. Yeah. And it's just you must be born again. You must be. The way is narrow. The path is narrow. And few will find it. Like this that's is right. not a um, – <clears throat> It's not an everybody, but a lot of people are teaching that because we're called, we're created to be sons. We're going to become sons whether we accept Christ or not because Jesus died for all men. Yep. Well, he did die for all men to come to him, right. but not all will come. That's right. And you must be born again. Amen. There's no way around it. So yep. you are created to be a child of the Most High God. Yeah. But to them who are led by the Spirit, to them he become, he gave them power to become. That's right. The sons of God. Amen. So good stuff. I really like that, Pastor Josh. Thank you, brother. Uh, good manna. I uh, appreciate them always. I uh, put them in a nice big letters for us. As Paul talked about, Paul said that. I said, I write in big letters. <laughs> so we can uh, see it more clearly. There. So we can see it more clearly. Where did he write that? Is it Corinthians? Did he write that in Corinthians, I think? I don't know. He said, he said, I write, you notice I write in these big letters. Yeah. Now, some people say. Seems like after you said that, I remember that. Oh, he did say it. Made, but, um, I don't know. Was he talking about the. Some people argue about this. Was he talking about the length of the letters or the size of his letters he's actually writing? Because some people said his eyesight never got back to full. Yeah. So I don't really. Um, all I know is that he said, look at these big letters. <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> let's go into our first. Unless, unless, Hannah, you got anything? I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss you. You're going to have to no, cut us off. Um, to cut us everything. off, Hannah. Cut us off, Hannah, and go ahead. Yeah, you got to cut us off. <laughs> you got two big mouth preachers in here. We'll just keep going. That's right. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's see. Um, uh, which one do we want to do first in the questions? I'll let you all pick. Uh, let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. I actually, after you sent this to me last night, I did do a few things. So, anyway. Matthew chapter 6. So, explain 6, 14 through 15. So, let's go there. And if somebody wants to read it, they beat me there. Help yourself. You got it, Hannah? Yeah. I'll do New King James. Go for, for it. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Is it through 16 or just 15? Just 15. Okay. 15 is what he had on All right, Josh, you got some stuff for us? Well, I mean, I just got a few things. I like it. I looked up (laughs) forgive, and I mean, I just, I can't say it enough, Brother Aaron. I mean, I really do enjoy this Bible you gave me a few, a couple months ago. Oh, do you? I do. I do. It's a good one, Actually, I've got people at church pretty excited about it, too, (laughs) because I I preached out of it one night or whatever. One Sunday night, and I I have a couple times in the last couple months. But they said, now, whoa, whoa, whoa. They sent me a text and said, all right, I want a picture of that Bible. I want to make sure I get that Bible right there. I said, okay. So anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. But, I mean, but for real, I looked up the word forgive in my strongs also, all right? See, when you think about forgiving, here's the thing. Of course, we know that the Lord's greatest thing for us is to forgive us, okay, mm-hmm. by his blood. 
All right, but here's the thing. This is, number one, to dismiss. To dismiss it. Mm -hmm. All right, more or less, it's out of there. All right, but then, after that one, that's more or less the, probably the first one that everybody thinks, all right, that way it's gone, free and clear, dismissed. Okay, because oftentimes, I say this, we're trying to be like Jesus. Things happen to us, and it's sometimes hard for us to just uh, forgive them because the one you are forgiven oftentimes thinks that, well, now you got to be around me all the time. Now it's got to. But here's the thing about the second one about in the Strongs about forgive. It says to let go from one's power. Okay, to let go. The next one is to let go from one's further notice. All right? So oftentimes, if you go back to this scripture, for if we, if you forgive men their trespasses, all right, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. There comes a time where we know that this actually, Brother Aaron, if I'm correct here, is part of the Sermon on the Mount, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm All right. So we know that this is a place of where he was actually instructing his followers and those that was around him on what we can do to what to better get to where he actually wants us to be. See, we know this is the first part of Matthew, probably the first part of his ministry, when he was gathering them all together, gathering his disciples together. All right, since we've gathered you together, here's what you need to understand. Here's what you need to know about forgiveness. All right? So, but if we do that, it's about, but if not, then here's what happens. It's about receiving something. But because we receive something, we gave something. Mm -hmm. Okay? We gave our life to Jesus. And because we've done that, we've received eternal life. Right? By you forgiving someone else, by you forgiving them, you more or less have gave them, your, you gave them say, okay. But now it's about you understanding that, hey, it might have done no good for them, but it gave me the free will to say, hey, Lord, all right, my hands are clean of it. Yeah. To the point of you may have to just say it, what we said, to let go from one's further notice. To let it go to the point, forgive to the point of saying, let it go to the further notice. Not to just that, to dismiss it, and that's it. You dismissed it, but the reason and the why you was able to dismiss it, and then you moved on into letting it go from a further notice. So, anyway, I just uh, got a few things off of that. But, um, yeah. So, I believe that. It's very important for us to realize if the if if the Lord that we've received forgiveness, if we can't give out what he's given us, then how in the world can we be a light for him? Mm -hmm. And so I just, uh, you know, and I, I know there's times in my life, brother, Aaron, where I, I've actually probably dealt with this hard in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, because of people that was around me. But now it's like. Even the last year or so, it's like it's become easier and better for me to be able to do these things because I've kind of got a better understanding of the word forgiveness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what it entails. See, oftentimes when you just hear the word, you just stop right there. And we never really study and never really, you know, get into what 
what it all comes to and what it all means. And I'm thankful that he's preparing a people, even some people that are just brand new in this, you know, come to the Lord. They, it's like they want to be deeper than, I mean, than what I, to be honest with you, they want to be deeper than what I ever wanted to be as a new child sure. of God. Because you have people that are finally just realized that, all right, listen, I'm in this thing, now I'm in it, and now I want to know what exactly I got to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> got about two minutes here, and I like it because if you get into the Greek here, so you talked about forgiveness. I'm going to talk about trespasses. So it's yeah, par, it's par aptma, and it's a side slip, um, a lapse or deviation unintentional error or willful transgression fall fault offense sin trespass and he's saying if you forgive your brother your his trespass your heavenly father forgive you but if you do not he will not forgive you come on so it's like when we slip up and it's really i actually think it's kind of funny because we're going all the way back to galatians 6 which i preached on sunday morning about when one he who has been overtaken by a trespass, him who is spiritual, restores such a one with a spirit of what? Gentleness. Gentleness. And so really, because then he goes down in a few verses and he's talking about what you reap is what you sow. Yeah. I mean, what you sow is what you reap. Sorry. Right. And yeah. so here he's saying, if you sow forgiveness, you reap forgiveness. If okay. you sow unforgiveness, you reap unforgiveness. Yeah. Because God will not be mocked. And so... This is comparable to the parable where that one guy was forgiven much and then he went and made a bully out of himself to the guy who did not owe as much as he was just forgiven for. Yeah. It was very minute. But the person who forgave his debt saw it. And so he who is forgiven much loves much. And if you love, you will forgive. And um, I think it's very important here. Now, I think that like what a lot of people do is they just – they kind of cop out of this a little bit and say, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm not saved by my works. I'm not all that. Okay, well, like, just take this whole issue about, like, um, is this heaven or hell issue? Like, let's just say practically every day, walking it out, like, if you can't learn to forgive, you're going to reap what you sow. And if you sow into unforgiveness all the time, you're opening doors to the enemy. You're giving mm -hmm. place to the devil. You are going to be, your daily communion walking with the Lord is going to struggle. Yeah. It's going to suffer because of your unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And you're expecting God to do something you're not willing to do. Whoa. And that's called hypocritical. And mm -hmm. so regardless of what that person's done to you, regardless of how bad it's been, I'm telling you, there's people right now that, that has made statements. You don't know what they've done. You don't know how bad they've been. You don't know the, the atrocious things. And to be honest with you, my heart goes out with you because you may have had some things happen. Yeah. My heart breaks for you. Compassion and empathy is in my heart for you. I will weep with you, but you can't stay there the rest of the days of your life because that unforgiveness will produce unforgiveness. Yep. And it's like this statement. we got to go to break on the heartbreak. Hurt people hurt people. Every single time. Hurting miserable people wants people hurting a miserable just like them. Come on, man. And they don't even always mean to. It's just a natural recourse because yep. you truly do reap what you sow. That's right, yeah. brother. Um, all right. I have some texts. I'll try to get caught up right after the break. We're going to get to our second trivia question of the morning. Um, and really, I want to say this one thing last, too. It's like, Jesus isn't giving his disciples an option. He's saying you will forgive. 
Yeah. Like yeah. You, you've got to forget. Right. He doesn't give yeah. it up. Yeah. Because everything in this Sermon on the Mount is that way. Yeah. It's not, well, if you feel like this, you know, yeah. and depending on this situation, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I actually That's agree good. with Brother Wells. Um, not actually. I mean, me and Brother Wells agree on stuff. Some. Uh, <laughs> he's laughing right now. Uh, he is referencing his children, Father, forgiveness and iniquity. And if you regard iniquity in your heart, God will not hear you. This is not talking about salvation, but about fellowship with the Father. I think I think that's a pretty accurate statement. I, I don't I don't yeah. think that's what I'm saying. Take the issue of salvation out of this. It's just right. daily communion yeah. with the Father. There you go. Um, Brother Jason Lee said Galatians six eleven is where the see the big letters I write to you. It's Galatians. Thank I knew you. I just read it the other day. Thank you, Brother Jason. I read it when I was preparing for Sunday morning. Um, Tuesday question number two. Again, this is gonna get you in for the Ark Encounter tickets. How many children did the two she bears get that mocked Elisha for his bald head? How many children did the two um, she-bears get that mocked Elisha for his bald head? That was a good one. Uh, they just keep talking about these she-bears. All right. 270-257-2689 or 270-257-2680. I mean, we'll be right back here after the play, after the break. Um, oh, we're going to do another one. Oh, come let us adore him here on Box 2 Radio this beautiful November 28th. All right, we are back here on this beautiful morning. It's going to be a little chilly today, high of 36 and a low of 21, but it's going to be partly cloudy. So it's going to be chilly on the external, but burning on the inside with the love of Christ. Amen. (laughs) Well, we had several answers, attempted answers at this question, um, but the answer came with Brother Tim Milburn. He did. Yep. I bet I know why. He Because you're... Because Josh is bald in 42, that's and the it. answer is 42. <laughs> that's how Mr. Tim remembered it. Yep, that's it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is 42, Second Kings chapter 2, verse 24. Amen. Um, one, one listener said 40, and then yep. another one said 32. Um, and then Jim called him a 42. Man, oh, man. So it was beating, everybody's beating around right there. Yeah. They knew it. Um, yeah. So That's a, a lot of k- to the children. <laughs> Don't ever make fun of Josh Milburn for his hair. <laughs> hey, we went and done a. Of course, I might have done said it a few months ago, but we done a uh, a basement for a church. Yeah, uh, we done like a epoxy floor. We put some stuff on a, their concrete floor and everything. But I guess they have like a Sunday school or youth class or something down there. They have posters all over the thing, and I think I sent it to Aaron and Jason. But anyway, it said it had a picture of a bear being real mean. It says, be good or bears will eat you or something like that. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, a good scripture. Anyway, so that's how they had it. They had that one of the scriptures up right there. <laughs> it, Wait, so. so I used to use that with one of my little brothers. So could that be biblical? <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a good question, though. <laughs> Was Elisha right for doing this? <laughs> yeah. There uh, you go. That's it. That's, that's it. probably a good question we need to ask. Because, you know, I have thought about this, and I'm preparing for Wednesday night. We're going to um, – we left off a few Wednesday nights from spiritual warfare for a little bit and yeah. deliverance training. Um, we were talking about Jezebel, Ahab, and Elisha, Elijah and the the um, the relationship between all those, what they're representing, and how really those systematic or systemic things they're representing is still in play today. Yeah. And so we were talking about that on Wednesday nights. One thing I didn't get into very deeply is how to deal with Jezebel. And because Jezebel's dealt with a lot more than just come out. Like if you go into Revelation, they were surrendering to her. Right. 
One of the greatest well, one of the greatest ways of overcoming Jezebel is not screaming at her. It's just refusing her. And, and a lot of people don't do that because Jezebel herself is very seductive and it's not always just sexual and we make it sexual, but it really isn't always now revelation three, it does talk about sexuality and how our sexual perversion, but Jezebel herself always been a person of influence, power and authority. And so, and so they manipulate it and they never resist. And so there are, there is time and deliverance for come out, but then there's sometimes to stand firm. There's sometimes resist the devil and he will what flee, flee from you. That's and so right. we're going to be talking about all this with Jezebel. But when you talk about this too, though, you have to talk about, do I think that the way that Elijah uh, dealt with the prophets of Baal at that time were accurate? Yes. But I think Christ has changed the game a little bit because you remember his disciples came up to him and said, do we get to call down fire down? And now Jesus turned around and said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. Yeah. And so we have to be cautious not to be just calling fire down all the time because now Christ has completely changed the game. And so, and again, we've got to remember that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. So we're not trying to destroy the person. We're trying to drive out the spirit. That's it. And so... I think there's a lot of conversation to be had around how this is transitioning and how Christ has changed the whole climate of everything. I think that's a really good conversation yeah. to bring up because, yeah. you know, even with Jesus fulfilling the law and bringing up the topic of, okay, well, before it was just do not commit adultery, but I say to you now, don't even look at a woman Come with on. lust in your heart. You know, yeah. like he's, He's bringing it a step farther, but I've never really thought about that a whole lot in the topic of spiritual, like in the topic of spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. because before it did seem like, I mean, even David, if you read in the Psalms, like he, he, he's not really writing in the Psalms like, Lord, you know, please forgive my enemies. Like he's like, Lord, Take them out. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Lord, destroy my wow. enemies. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I've thought about that before because I'm like, you know, reading through the Psalms, and I'm like, you know, I mean, I know all Scripture is inspired, and and I know that it's God breathed, and the Lord was with him. Yeah. But I am seeing how Jesus fulfilled and He changed the game because, yeah. you know, today we really shouldn't be praying, Lord, kill him, kill him. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You know, like I mean, because we are supposed to, and now. Depending on, we've talked about, we've had a conversation about like terrorism and mm-hmm. things like this and protecting and, and there are different situations with war and the Lord will have justice. And I'm not talking about that, but I do, I just think in general, um, that is a good conversation to have. Well, justice is not ours to be. Exactly. It's his. Come on. And so what we're to do is call, we're called to pray for our enemies. Yeah. And so this is different. And um, But even with that, you know, I've been seeing stories of Hamas people coming to Christ. Coming to Christ. And yeah. you know, and that's hard. That's hard to pray for your enemies in that yeah. situation, but the Lord still, you know, that's Jesus. Yeah. That's what Jesus tells us to do. So. Yeah. Um Greg Carwell said Jonah is a good lesson for this. It it is because, you know, Jonah ran away, got ate by a fish, and then he gets out of the fish, go preaches. And then we literally end Jonah with him upset, basically. Like wow. the book of Jonah ends with Jonah upset because God actually saved the people. Yeah. And he didn't think they deserved it. And we really don't know how all this played out because the book ended. Yeah. And yeah. so, wow. And um, 
I mean, this is an excellent conversation, and we'll probably introduce this conversation Wednesday night and talk a little bit about it when we're talking about Jezebel, because I do think that the way that Elijah dealt with Jezebel is different than the way the New Testament was dealing with Jezebel. And I think that's very important to realize and comprehend. Now, do I think that there's not times that God will send fire down from heaven? Well, no, I think he can do whatever he wants. And definitely in Revelation, we see fire coming from heaven at times. Yeah. And we see things of mountain falling in this thing. But I think I think the thing he's trying to get different is our hearts. Yeah. Come on. And so and I think this is going to be an excellent conversation to be had. Oh, and, and, and so I just brought out all that up because I think when you talk about Elisha and 42 children being mauled because they made fun of his bald head. Like, you know, do I think it was like, I'm not into the conversation of, was it wrong or right? I'm saying, is it right for us now? And, um, and so, and I think for me, Christ has changed everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he has changed everything and his teachings changed everything. And, um, one, one part that's always got my, my eye was whenever the disciples asked, do we get to call down fire yet? Yeah. And now, I don't think it was that the calling down the fire is the wrong action. I think mm -hmm. it was the intent of the heart behind yeah. them because yeah. they were just ready for judgment. And I think as we start to become more Christ-like, because Romans eight twenty nine is talking about being conformed to the image of the Son, and as we become more Christ-like, we learn that Corinthians says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, which basically in the context is saying he's been very long-suffering. You're yeah. still here even to repent. It's the goodness of God that you're even alive right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it's because of his long suffering, his gentleness, his kindness, his patience. Right. And as we become more like that, the way we see our enemies should change. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we start to see them. And even Paul gave us the excellent Ephesians 6 10. It's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual rulers and things of wickedness. And those are our fight because our heart for the the person is repentance, sanctification, being born again, being made whole. Yeah. And we just are fights against the spirit, not the person. Yeah. And in the Old Testament, they hadn't yet seen someone else be able to walk this out. Yep. Well, they've never, and, and, they, they never seen demons rebuked and they yeah. never seen really Satan overcome. Yeah. So, you know, that whole dynamic was different. But being able to see, G and us being able to see Jesus and the disciples being able to see, okay. Because he did it, I can do it. Because he lives yeah. in me. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like there's just something about that. Yeah. Whereas before, they had the Lord's presence. They had everything. But it, there's something about Jesus and his life and how if he can endure all of that, then we can too. If yeah. he can love them and say, Father, forgive them for they do not, they know not what they do, then we can pray that too. Mm -hmm. Of course, when it talks about in the Old Testament, talk about people dying, you talk about David praying to take them out. Okay. Take them out, but I, as you guys were talking there, I got the words "die differently." Mm -hmm. Die differently. It's good, you know, when Jesus good. come and He started to spoke. You know, the death you're thinking about is take them out, but death I'm telling you about is a death that died differently than what you always thought, what you always known it to be. This is actually what I instituted to be when I talk about death. It's a different kind of death that I have for you. Mm -hmm. It's a death of your old man, so that a new man can rise up. Yeah. yeah, that's for everybody. A different kind of death. Yeah. A different kind of that's death. That's good. Yeah. And our hearts are changing as we die to self. Mm -hmm. Then our own desires and our yeah. own emotions get out of the way and we can start to see clearly through the eyes and hearts of Christ. Yeah. 
And I think it's just a beautiful picture of what Christ has died to do. Come on. And, and also he um, brought together all together the Gentile and the Jew. The wall hostility. Yeah. Broken down. There you go. Which is something they probably weren't thinking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, really, if you even think about the Old Testament to the New Testament, you know, some people get really upset when, when, but Jesus was the first one to walk the earth that had power over demons. Even if you talk about David playing his harp over Saul, and there would, like it said, the evil spirit would go away. If you read in the Hebrew of all that going on behind it, it was basically saying this, the confusion, the stress, the weight, all of that dissipated. Yeah. The problem was it seemingly looked like it kept coming back because he kept having to call David, right? Like, I don't think it was a one-time event. I think when the spirit would start to torment Saul, he would call David to come play the harp, and then that spirit thing would leave. But really, in the in the Hebrew there, if you studied, I think he's talking about the weighty spirit, that weighty thing, that chaos, that confusion, that anxiety, that depression would come upon Saul, and he would David come and play it, and it would kind of drive it away. But then it would seem to be repetitive. Christ did not have to drive a demon out of somebody twice. Mm-hmm. And so Christ was the first one, and that was one of the markers of him being Messiah and the sons of God. The son of God was that he came and he had power over demons. Yeah. Yep. And and so like that was something never seen in the Old Testament before either. So it was the first introduction to what we would really call like major spiritual warfare in the sense of deliverance, because you really didn't you didn't have that much in the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and the fact that Jesus called out the religious spirit. And they would yeah. have never admitted that they had a religious spirit demon. Come on now. Because they wanted to call out the demons and everybody else. Oh, that adulterer over there. That unclean spirit. But then was ignoring the, the spirit that they were walking with. Yep. So Jesus called that out too. Right. New things that they didn't even, well, they didn't receive it very well. But now we, looking back, can see. Yep what a religious spirit can do yep. mm-hmm. to people. All these things is for us to learn from. It's yeah. like instead of, I mean, me, myself included, of course, hopefully I'm learning more now, but a lot of people have, they not only learned from, they haven't learned from it. They've just seen it and thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing it the way that it's, you know, always been done. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things always been done sometimes is the wrong way. Somebody started it and therefore has ended up not being the right way. Yeah. And I'm thankful that, you know, we have a people now that seems like, you know, the remnant, like we always, like I often call the remnant, the one that is his church that is finally getting the concept of, all right, it's his way, really. It's mm-hmm. his way or no way, yeah. more or less. Yeah. And I mean, Amen. even though a year ago I was thinking about this, y'all was talking about dying and different things we was, and a year ago this week, our pastor, you know, Brother Billy put out there for 2023, our vision as our church was he must increase, I must decrease. And see, I've probably seen that within our church. Within yeah. our church, the people that I've known for many years, you know, there for the last 21 years, you know, people that I've uh, begun to see that even though that I've seen growth throughout the past 21 years, I've seen people change in the past 21 years but still yet even this past year it's like i've seen a different a different atmosphere about when we come together because of why because of we understand the concept of what it means to well not really yet i guess you say but we're living it we're trying to live it the onions being peeled away there you go 
So, you know, one of the scriptures that come to my mind a lot is that Jesus is in the garden. The, the soldiers are coming to arrest him and Peter grabs his sword. Peter cuts off the dude's ear and then Jesus turns around, puts the ear back on. He turns to Peter and says, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Wow. And it was the introduction to a whole new system for Peter. Yeah. Because up to that point, you know, that is something that was a custom. They uh-huh. they they had war. They fought wars. That was it was it was not an uncommon thing. Peter was probably pretty skilled with the sword. I make fun of it a lot, but if he was filleting fish and he was always working with stuff like that, he was probably pretty decent with the knife. And so, I think that in this though, Jesus is trying to get Peter to open his eyes yeah. and saying, "Peter, this is not how we have to fight anymore. For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty God through God for the point out of strong coats." Mm-hmm. And so I think even right then he's trying to get Peter to transition paradigms and transition from one system to another system. And he's saying, you don't have to live by the sword anymore because revengeance is mine. Yeah. I will fight for you, Peter. All you must do is fight the good fight that I've called you to fight. And mm-hmm. that's not carnal. That's spiritual. You think it took that moment to teach him that principle? I think a lot of things changed for Peter right there. Now, do I think Peter is perfect? By no means. He just got scared. But- an hour or two later by a little girl at the campfire <laughs> and then not Christ. But then when he came roaring back, Peter yeah. had the comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he come back, he was a different guy. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to chew on revelation a little bit. He, <laughs> you know, I like it. Yeah. Like that's it. Cause I was just thinking, you know, we, we say all this stuff about the disciples, but they were getting it right then and there. Like their revelation was happening in the situation. And today, I mean, we struggle even applying the revelation to our everyday lives, but they were getting it in the middle of their everyday lives. Yeah. Like in the middle of the hard trial, in the middle of the hard situation. Mm-hmm. That's wow. when this revelation was coming because Jesus was telling them these things right as they were happening. So it probably took a little bit for his his thinking to like really med- really let that sink in. Sure. You know? Yeah. As it should for us. like. Yeah. One of the reasons that we hear a lot of good sermons that never changes is we never let them take root. Mm -hmm. And so I have no problem preaching the same thing three or four weeks in a row because I need what I'm saying by by hopefully by the Holy Spirit and revealing to take root in our heart. I don't need you to be impressed for 20 minutes on a Sunday when you go to eat lunch saying that was a great sermon, but it not change you. Yeah. I need the word of God whenever I release it to change you so that we can become a bigger, better, more um, impactful church. And I'm not talking about money and I'm yeah. not talking about people. Right. I'm talking about quality of the people in the pews that yeah. we could become bigger and we could become better and we could become more impactful because this thing's actually taking root in our hearts yeah. and we're not just hearing it. So as Hannah just said, we need to learn to chew on things so that we can digest it and then become nutritious for our spiritual walk. Amen. Instead of just you know letting it go. Seeing, we don't like, need Taco Bell. We don't need to go right through. We need to go. <laughs> we need to let it go. We need to just uh, filter through there for a while. No, but I was just thinking about like, you know, the meat. I was just thinking about like a steak, a spiritual steak on a plate. And like whenever we're just talking about it, oh, that sermon was so good. We're just staring at the steak. We're not. Wow. We're just smelling it. We're smelling how yeah. good. That's why we can talk about it because we're smelling it. We're seeing it. We're t- tasting and seeing just like we talked about with the spirit, but we're not trying it. We're not letting it. We're not chewing on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so wow. we're not getting what we need from it and we're, digesting it. Yeah. 
We're not feasting. <laughs> it's like you go into Golden Corral and you say, man, that's a lot of really great food. It smells so good. But you never go grab a plate. Yeah. And, and I think this is the invitation nowadays is the Lord saying, is there a people that's going to pull a chair up to the table? Come on. And not just talk about how good the food looks, but starts to eat it. And yep. when you start to eat it, you can't just take huge bites. You have to chew a steak up. You mm-hmm. can't just swallow the whole steak at once. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's not going to stick with you. They say, actually, the faster that you eat something, the less it sticks with you. I'm in trouble. But they say when you chew it up more, you get full quicker. That's what, yeah, I've heard that as well. Like when, of course, I know I need to go on one now, but like when you're on a diet, they say, hey, just chew your food slow, eat slow. That way you get filled up. And And you eat less. So, and you eat less. So, Um, you know, and and somebody who, you know, you've been preaching every Sunday night for how many years now? Several. Well, probably to be honest with you, of course, unless we have a visitor or something, probably about. I mean, I know 15, yeah. 15 years or so. So, and every Sunday, you feel the responsibility to bring something new. Yeah. Because I think that's what the culture wants us to be um, inundated with because we're so inundated with 30 seconds here, 30 seconds, new, yeah. new, new, new. And really, I think it's a tactic of the enemy try to divert us from actually hearing. Yeah. We, we, um, we taste it. But we never receive it. Right. And, I mean, you talked about doing that every Sunday night. And that's why it's so different for me when I actually preach Sunday morning, either at our church every now and then or if I go to somewhere on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. The, I don't know, just the, everything about it just seems a little bit different because actually normally on a Sunday night or just like you guys on a Wednesday night or a prayer meeting or something like that, you know, they're there every every service. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I feel responsible as a leader and as a minister of the gospel to give them something from the Lord that's going to keep feeding them in a way where, hey, listen, even though I went five times last week, I still there's no more, there's more for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you see that hunger in people to the point of where, hey, I can't wait to come back. And they've told me that for 15 years, four times a week. It's like, wow. Yeah. Then you begin to understand the, the not necessarily a weight, but it's a weight that's more or less ain't got no, ain't got no bearing down to you. But yeah. the weight begins not only for you to grow, but for them to grow. And when you see it actually come alive in people, that's when it's actually, you know, rewarding as a, you know, I'm not about rewards, but what I'm saying is it's rewarding to see, to see fruit come forth through yeah. what you preach and teach. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we're going to take a break here. Really good stuff. We're going to take a break, get Brother George Whitten on the phone here. We're going to come back in and talk us a little bit from Worthy News and what all things pertain Israel and Hamas. Amen. So give us a minute. We're going to get him on the phone. We'll be right back here after the break on Warnings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We are back in here. Very excited for connecting with Brother George Witten from Worthy News again. Again, if you've never been to it, worthynews.com. You can find a lot of great articles, well-written and uh, just really well done. Brother George, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, doing great, with, despite the, the craziness in the world. Uh, you know, the Lord is always good. <laughs> he is, He is, isn't he? And uh, he is. you, you see his 
his hand at work and you see his heart manifesting and uh, I know we're going to get ready to talk a lot about all things pertaining to Israel and Hamas and uh, maybe some prophetic insight. And, I, and if we got a time, I'd love for a little bit of dialogue about Iranian nuclear program and all that's going on around there, because I know that's been a lot of topic for debate lately, too. Um, but before we get into how's the family, how are you doing? Uh, well, the main issue right now is obviously that my wife's family is all... Uh, in Israel, she's got quite a few cousins that are caught up that are inside of uh, Israel serving in the in the IDF and uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. And then we also have a qu- quite a few friends and a lot of the congregation members that are in that have been called up. So it's kind of a, a busy time. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing that the front hasn't opened up, um, you know, in um, with Hezbollah yet. Uh, I do anticipate that actually happening. Um, probably in the next month or so. I don't think this war is even close to being over. I think that they just don't want to have a multi-multi-front war. Um, Hezbollah is probably the bigger danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was actually a blessing in disguise. Uh, there was a lot of talk that Hamas and Hezbollah are two different distinct Islamic you know, organizations. One is Shiite and the other is Sunni. And Iran is Sunni. And, I mean, Iran is Shiite, and Hezbollah, I mean, uh, Hamas is Sunni. And so I think they wanted to go ahead and get a um, a jump on the gun, so to speak. They, there was a, a coordinated plan that Iran had. And the event that happened on um, October 7th with the massacre of, you know, 1,200 Israelis or so could have been 12,000. You had a situation where you had, um, you had a... a how do I describe it? They, there was a coordinated plan with Iran to go ahead and launch everything at one time. And uh, they jumped the gun. Hamas jumped the gun because they wanted credit. Mm. And so you had this division inside of Islam. This actually was a catastrophe that could have been a whole lot worse. And because Hamas so-called jumped the gun, we very well may um, have averted you know, a, a, a catastrophe ten times worse. And when Hamas jumped the gun, there was literally, oh, I guess, 300,000 reservists that were called up pretty quickly. And you all of a sudden, you had 400,000 active um, mm-hmm. on the fronts. Um, it actually gave Israel time to react. Um, I think that there was, I know there's a lot of speculation behind the scenes that Israel didn't, uh, you know, activate, didn't um, coordinate. I think there's probably something happening that we don't know about that they haven't discussed publicly, but I believe there's a coordinated uh, cyber attack and a coordinated um, something else going along the lines that was happening at the same time. So uh, there's quite a few things happening behind the scenes. I'm not privy to everything yet, but um, the day that war broke out, someone within... um, Someone, uh, let's just say like this, I know that someone from, um, um, that has more knowledge uh, about the things happening inside of Israel um, told me that there was a very, um, how do I describe it without being too uh, sensitive of the information. Um, let's just say there, there's more than meets the eye. We'll just uh-huh. say it like that. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate the, the feedback being gone. For a second there, I was hearing feedback, and it was impossible to talk. 
Oh. <laughs> it was like, wow. I was like hit, listening to myself. It was really hard to, to, to get out of sentence without... You hear myself on an echo. You ever you ever get stuck in a microphone? You start talking. You're like, "What in the world? I can't think." <laughs> anyway, there's a lot going on right now, um, but I do think that the front with Hezbollah is the bigger problem. Um, now, it was very interesting that Israel uh, went ahead and bombed the Damascus airport again on Monday. Well, allegedly bombed, but you know, all senses are that they bombed the Damascus airport again as soon as they opened it on Sunday night. And so uh, they're not letting anything come in and out to the Damascus airport. Um, so that's that's an interesting, uh, you know, turn of events. Not a turn of events, but an interesting um, continuation of, of policy inside of Israel. So what do we want to talk about in, in specifically? There's a lot going on. You know, obviously the, the ceasefires extended out for another two days. Um, I have a feeling, you know, a lot of this is psychological warfare that Hamas is playing on Israel right now. I, I don't, I'm not sure how many families right now are split, but it's at least, you know, six, seven, eight families that have been split with the, with the father still being behind. Um, and a lot of the families being separated. There's a brother and sister have been split. And part of the agreement that was set with Hamas was to, um, when they released them, that they they had to release families in groups of families, so they're, they're actually uh, reneging on that aspect of the deal. So there's a lot of you know psychological warfare going on. So we'll see how that plays itself out in the near couple of days. Yeah, um, I know we've definitely been trying to keep up, and I guess for me, I was trying to keep up with the whole ceasefire thing and how that was going to play out with the hostage situations and. And I do, um, you know, you were talking about the psychological warfare and how that would play a toe on them, the back and forth, the manipulation, all of these things that's playing into it. And I feel like overall the the news media, they're very good about cycles. And so they just cycle through news. And then they leave things that are happening that's really important. Um, but one thing I would love to actually get your opinion on it concerning the Israeli conflict is what it's really done to the American culture of politics because it's been very peculiar with like the democratic party coming against the squad. There seems to even be a divide in liberal politics at this point over Israel and Hamas and Palestine. And I'm just kind of curious of what you see playing out there because it seems to be um, even a dividing factor within the democratic party. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I was planning on going on the road to Florida, um, right at the beginning of November, and um, kind of got held back because, or actually, maybe it was the second week of November, and then, uh, surprisingly, on, like, a Thursday, they called for a, a situation where, um, you know, they had a um, um, a rally for Israel, mm-hmm. and there was a huge, uh, you know, huge DSS, DHS uh, alert that went out. And the alert that went out um, was that this is a, a tier one event. You shouldn't go, you know, that, that there was a heightened sense of, of terrorist, you know, activity. And um, so um, there is, um, there was surprisingly 300,000 people or so that came out. Mm-hmm. Now, I was there, and um, I have to tell you that... Um, the amount of when when Chuck Schumer went on stage, um, you know, it was an interesting thing. There was it wasn't just Chuck Schumer, Van Jones, who 
is probably the the uh, the ire of every conservative. <laughs> you know, um, he came on stage. He came up and, and he started speaking, and he literally said, "You know, a lot of you may wonder why I, uh, you know, uh, you know why I'm even here." And then I, I don't know how many conservatives in the audience said. Yeah, we wondered too. (laughs) (laughs) But so here was Van Jones, and he's up talking. And at the same time, you had uh, Chuck Schumer, who's the obviously the the head of the Senate and and Senate Minority Leader or Majority Leader. And um, so you had quite a few uh, congressmen that were speaking that were very, um, you know, that were very articulate. Um, and their defense of Israel and their defense against Hamas. I, I think that the reason why they see this is, uh, you know, part of this is, you know, there's a there's an under underlying, um, you know, division within the party, and I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, um, you know, Obama has, you know, the, these these Islamic connections. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that you know is playing itself out and. You know, Obama kind of double spoke. Uh, he gave a, a, a like a like a, kind of this thing where he was trying to give moral equivalency to what Hamas did and what Israel did, and and you know they they go ahead and they use these terms that are completely uh, they're separate from fact. And I'll give you a simple fact, right? So we did a story, and this story was um, Israeli Arabs now find themselves strongly connected to the, the Jewish state and, and consider themselves not part of Israel. Now, that was one poll, and it really showed that Israeli Arabs were really strong and really supportive of the state of Israel. And the same time, poll in the West Bank that isn't under Israeli control and poll within Gaza strongly affirmed what Hamas was doing and strongly hated that, you know, and, and strongly supported the actions that took place on October 7th, which was uh, it was shocking, right? So it isn't an ethnic problem. It's an education problem. Because you have Israeli Arabs that are, are growing up inside of democracy. Now, look, there are still, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, you'll still find racism. If the if the heart of racism isn't dealt with by the Lord Himself and isn't giving you a new heart and a you know that we understand that the kingdom is for all peoples, nations, tribes, and tongues, and that God's got a plan for you know every every group of people, you know only within a kingdom mindset and with the heart of the Lord you really find someone that can be free from racism. However, what you found was a a, a society that was growing up inside of a, a, a Jewish nation. And inside of a nation that that esteemed human values and esteemed um, civil liberties and esteemed democracy and esteemed you know freedom of speech and and these types of, of things, they found themselves. Hey, I, I really am supporting this this Jewish state, mm-hmm. even though they are they they also have you know within this societies, you know like uh, for example you know we're, where I live in Arad, we're surrounded by one hundred twenty thousand Bedouins. And a lot of these Bedouins are discriminated against. I mean, it, it is it happens to be a fact of life, and part of it is because of the Bedouin culture is so, um, you know, it isn't about having a, like a, a nice house. It, their, their culture is, you know, multiple wives and a hundred kids and and living in like uh, tin shacks 
I know that's kind of uh, like, I don't mean to sound that way, but if you just drive outside of my county, you'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> you start driving down the road, you'll see these these kind of like, you know, these, these houses like that are, that are just made up out of nowhere that no one signed, no one builds a, you know, building permit and they kind of, you know, makeshift a house out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And then what happens is Israel goes ahead and says, look, you can't, you, you gotta get a, you gotta get a building permit. You gotta, you have a title to the deed of the house. You can't just go ahead and just build a house here. And so when they go ahead and they tear down the house, they, they, you know, they get a lot of flack from the Bedouin community. Like you're destroying our house. Well, no, they're they're kind of like you, you can't you can't be squatting. You know what I mean? And so you know a lot of there's a lot of kind of tensions within the Bedouin community. But at the same time, what you're finding is that when this took place, this event that took place on November seventh, there were the Bedouin communities outside of Rahat and outside of uh, different areas inside of Beersheba that actually uh, told the, the terrorists, you know, they they hunted them down with the IDF. Because they saw the atrocities, they heard about it firsthand. The atrocities that took place on um, on October seventh, and they had they didn't want a single thing. They didn't want a part of it. So they're, you know, they're not as radicalized Muslims like those inside of Gaza, and so you know there is this element of of, of distinction. You have to kind of understand that there's a an element of Islam that is so radicalized. That you have to basically unbrainwash them, and I don't know how that really happens except by the, a direct intervention of the Lord in a mass revival. And then the other side, there's a group of people that are, are Muslim in name only. They, they, you know, terrified, I guess, of losing family status or terrified of whatever. They haven't, quote unquote, left Islam, but they're not, you know, diehard adherents to the religion. And so what you're finding is a lot of these types of Muslims are really, hey. I like this idea of freedom of speech, and I like this idea of democracy, and I like this, you know, the idea of, you know, being able to, to freely work and, and not worry. So there is a, a, a distinct dichotomy in the Arab mindset, and it really depends on how you're educated and how you grew up. And I think there's somewhat of good sign that we're seeing, like, with the relations with Saudi Arabia, is now they change their textbooks. So maybe not now, but in the future, if the Lord tarries. And that's a really big if, <laughs> because, you know, everything that we're seeing is, you know, a sign on the wall that the Lord's return is imminent now. It's like, you know, any moment that, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we, we, we go ahead and we, we, we you know, it's a, there's a, an old uh, Jewish uh, um, kind of a, this conversation with two, two rabbis. And one rabbi says to the other rabbi, when do you think Messiah is coming? He goes, today. He goes to them, why are you planting an olive tree? And, and the idea of an olive tree, you, you have to plant an olive tree. It doesn't even become fruitful or, or you know, be, even be able to use for, you know, 10 to 12 years. And he says, well, for my grandchildren. And so the, the idea for us as living in life is every day we live as though we're going to see the Messiah today. Every day we're living as though we're going to see God today. But every day we're also at the same time planning for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. So that's why there is a, 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 a cultural fight and a moral fight that we as believers have to maintain because there's a lot of bunker mentality going on. You know, we'll bunker up, you know, we'll, we'll you know, the Lord's, you know, the Lord's, you know, well, let's, let's, let's get, let's get the safe focus so you know, the kingdom and see souls saved and, and revival and, 
you know, we say on the on the right things, then you know everything will work itself out. But you know, the Lord did say that these days would come upon us. You know, it says in Psalm eleven five, the Lord tests the righteous. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if the Lord, if, if 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 Jesus went through a testing in the wilderness for us, you know, how did we not go through our own testing? But at the same verse, it says He also pours and hates the one that that does wickedness and who does violence. And that word violence there is the word Hamas in Hebrew. So um, that word Hamas also comes up again in Isaiah 60 when it says, Arise and shine, and it says, Let the, you know, the brightness of the Lord come upon you, and, the, and because deep darkness is covered in the earth. But in like verse 18 of that, it says, Violence shall no longer be heard in your street. That word violence is Hamas. Hamas no longer should be heard in your streets. But you should call your walls salvation. You should call your walls Yeshua. And you shall call your gates praise or hallelujah. So um, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. Wow. Well, let's let's do this. We got about eight minutes left. It looks like um, which eight one? Minutes. We haven't even started the scratch. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, really, what we need to do is I mean, we we need to get you on for like an hour one day uh, and just really go for it. Then we can have it recorded and get it out there. But um. Would you rather cover some prophetic insight or maybe the nuclear issues going around Iran? Because I know there's been some well, some talks happening. Okay. So, so what I what I have been really um, telling or trying to suggest to people is not to not to focus on the the Psalm eighty three war or the Gog Magog war. Okay. I don't think that's the the thing. I think it's really it's the Jeremiah forty nine war. And it talks about in the latter days that Elam, which is a basically uh, the ancient empire that's completely situated within Iran, that there comes a time that um, you know that God goes ahead and, and there, there's a kind of a move that happens in Iran um, because I see a difference in um, the aspects of the Gog Magog War and what I call the the Great Arab War. And the Great Arab War is what I really describe in, in Daniel 11. Daniel 11 talks about a king in the north and a king in the south, and they they fight each other. And uh, it talks about in, like, verse, I want to say verse 43 of 1143. Um, it says, and, and news out of the north shall overwhelm him, and he, he will go with great fury to, to go through the countries of the east and the north, and he says, and he will annihilate many. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my understanding, and the way I perceive it is that the Gog-Magog War, if you look at the borders of it, you have, uh, you know, Iran, Persia. You have Togomar uh, or Turkey north, and then all these countries north of it. And then south, you have basically the borders of uh, is Libya and Put. And Libya, you know, is obviously outside of Egypt. And and Put is like Ethiopia um, and Sudan and Somalia down down that area. What you don't have in the Gog Magog war, which you would expect to have, is you would expect to have Egypt mentioned. You would expect to have. Syria mentioned. You would yeah. expect to have Lebanon or, um, you know, like Tyre, something like that. And you would expect like Shinar or Babylon or, um, you know, something in reference to Iraq. But you don't have those mentions. So then you have to ask yourself, well, what happened to this? And I think that the reason why is because the Daniel 11 war is the great air war that wipes that out. So I kind of um, foresee a transformation happening inside of Turkey and Iran kind of like a secular transformation. 
Um, most people don't realize that Iran has a uh, a real heart. Um, there's, you know, there were so many um, Iranians that died in the Iraq Iran war. There was a, a war with it between the two na- two nations in the 1980s that was horrific, and it basically wiped out a whole kind of a whole generation of of men. And so then you had this this generation gap, and you had so many of these young people growing up. And um, you know there was a big article a few years ago how the the, the Iranians that were so upset that that the uh, Iranian kids were embracing Barbie, and it was Barbie was taking storm in it it uh, it and so they made an Islamic Barbie, and it didn't sell. <laughs> wow. You know, so but uh, you have a, a young group of Iranians that are just ready for revolution. Mm. And so I see it's kind of a secular uh, revolution taking place in Iran. And I also see this kind of the same situation kind of happening in Turkey. I think that Turkey is further away, but the, the Iranian situation, I think that Israel does deal with Iran in this conflict. I, I don't think it's necessarily right now. I think right now you're dealing with Hamas. Um, and then once Hamas has been dealt with substantially so that it cannot fire on the southern front, then Israel can go ahead and move a lot of his reserves up north, and I think Lebanon is next, and I think that, uh, you know, that Hezbollah is going to be dealt with, um, and I think that there's a, you know, there's a coordinated, you know, behind the scenes look. Right now, today, and I'm getting ready to report on this, the head of Mossad and the head of, um, um, the head of uh, the CIA are in uh, Dubai, not Dubai, um, Qatar, or Qatar, mm-hmm. and, um, so they're they're get they're meeting today, and I guarantee you it's not just about the situation with um, you know Gaza. You know, there's obviously some talk. You know, right now the the uh, the Gerald Ford went from the Mediterranean is now in the Red Sea. So I have to actually look at the latest. I haven't I have to look at the latest um, the the you know where ships are are are, are uh, positioned. But I think that everything now is out of the Mediterranean. I think everything's in the Red Sea. So um, I have to, to to get a. I'll probably have to do a story on it in the next. You know, oh my goodness, we're almost out of time. I can't. We haven't even started. So, <laughs> so what about the? Are you are you free? Let's say, are you free any other mornings this week? Yeah, sure. Any, uh, any morning, I'll, I'll make time for you. Okay, because you are. I mean, we love this. I mean, we're we love it, and we always yeah. appreciate you well, taking time. And we tell, I tell people about worthy news all the time. I, I I'll well, tell. I Right now, we are now a full-fledged news agency. Now we're writing every single story. Mm-hmm. We we are no longer linking anything. We are I, I um, we now are syndicated. Like any church, any Christian ministry that wants to syndicate our news for free, they can go ahead and, and just implement a WordPress script, and it literally sucks in all of our news. And even if you don't have WordPress, let's say if you know JSON, which is another technical term, but uh-huh. if you understand how to, to suck in information, literally we're giving away our news for free. And um, and the main reason why is we want to get people educated. I don't think we have that much time before we are actually shut down. Um, you know, being honest with you, I think that within two to three years, you know, the internet and everything else. They we did a story about um, I want to say about a week ago. It might be longer. Right now, the news is kind of kind of meshing together. But the FCC chairman came out with a thing, and he condemned the the Biden administration forcing his agency to take over the internet. And it was basically a mass takeover of the internet that that was being implemented and was implemented. So I don't know how long before we actually, you know, 
have this freedom to go ahead and you know openly you know share and, and be truthful before the you know the age of you know 1984 starts coming in and you know the Orwellian uh, understanding of <laughs> you know uh, what do they what do you call it not good think what do you call it smart not smart think I can't think of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, group thing. Was it, did he call it group thing? Uh, doesn't matter. I haven't read the book in a while. <laughs> well, uh, let's say, let's see. Would Thursday morning work for you? Sure. All right, let's let's plan for Thursday morning, and we're going to talk more about uh, this. And we'll talk more about prophecy. I promise you. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's, it's, only, it's only good. It is, look, it's good stuff ahead. I'm yeah. telling you. Right now, we stay focused on the kingdom. We realize now. With the main thing is this: this war broke out on a specific day. It broke, broke out on Simchat Torah. It broke out specifically on the 50-year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. Simchat Torah means new beginnings. I really believe this was a beginning of something, that, that spiritually speaking, we, we started seeing a move. And when I reported that same week that Nicaragua had 600,000 people attend revival services and tens of thousands of people came to faith, that is a move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a country that, you know, has been basically dominated by a Sanahista, you know, a Sanahista government. And, you know, and now there's this move happening. I think that we're getting ready. I think we're getting ready to see something that, you know, 50 years Jubilee. It, it's it's at new beginnings. It's I, I think that and I, I've been speaking about this. How much time do I have? Do I have a minute? Yes. yes. OK, I got one minute. I'll, I'll close it out. <laughs> 1967, when the Jesus Revolution took place, there was just really a very few father figures that embraced the hippies, right? Wow. But now this generation of hippies that were having dreams and visions as young men and young women are now old men and old women. And right, and it's, uh, God says before the Lord comes that he goes ahead and raises up the fathers to the fatherless, that I believe that God used Chuck Smith and these young men that were in their 40s to raise up this generation now that these there's a whole generation of uh, of people that had a vision what Chuck did and now are getting ready to raise up an entire generation wow of grandfathers to fathers to the fatherless that that what Chuck Smith was only a little snippet or a little small you know the Jesus revolution was just a a condensed version of what God is envisioning, and in order to envision what God is getting ready to do in this generation, He had to prepare an entire generation to raise up a generations of generations. Wow! So you know, you, you understand what I mean? I think that what we're getting ready to see is being manifested a thousandfold, and um, you know, at a time where there is a fatherless crisis in America, that that this is what God is raising up, and so. Listen, be encouraged. Look, God's got good stuff for us. Don't, don't, don't fret. Don't worry. You know, everything's working itself out. God's got a plan. And, uh, hey, listen, sign up for Worthy News. If you don't get a Worthy Brief, I send out a daily devotion every day. And, um, you know, look, lots of good stuff happening. I love Worthy News. Amen. Thank you, Brother George. Always a blessing. I'll see you on Thursday. All okay. right. We'll hear from you then. Take Thank care. you. Bye-bye. See you. Right, bye-bye. All right, Greg Carwell says he's so excited he's not going to sleep till then. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, always so much information and so much wealth of wisdom, but also yeah. revelation. Yeah, that's what I love about Brother George. Is he's very much in the new cycle. Yeah, but he has revelation. Okay, and I love that. Amen. So, Pastor Josh, Miss Hannah, thank you so much for being here this morning. Been a great uh, morning. Bro. I've had a great time. I've yeah, had a great time. Been all right.
We're going to be back tomorrow. Brother Jacob, Miss Katie, Miss Hannah's on. And uh, I'm trying to get a guest lined up for tomorrow that I have. I, mean, I got chapel tomorrow morning. You got chapel? Yeah. Oh, so my gosh. I get to do chapel tomorrow morning. We're so. just going to pull you around here all the time, <laughs> ain't we? It's all right. All righty. Hannah, you got anything? Closing thoughts? 30 seconds? Or uh, I'm 10 still, seconds? I'm still thinking on that meat, anal- the steak analogy. <laughs> True <laughs> I'm serious, though. I'm getting some more some more revelation on it. So. There you go. I don't have time to to share my thoughts though maybe tomorrow yeah, we'll we'll do it tomorrow we <laughs> love, love you guys, guys so much hang in there philip trent's gonna come on and preach for a while followed up by brother Dwayne kid in creekside very excited for this day and what the lord has made amen go and be the light of the world and the salt of the earth we love you guys be blessed we'll be back tomorrow 7 a.m central time here on the box 2 radio network